Today God will be speaking to us through the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verses 16 through 23. Gospel of John, chapter 5, verses 16 through 23. When you have it, please say amen. Slow down over there, you're going to get a speeding ticket. And it reads, For this reason the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him. Because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal to God. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and, the sh and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the son gives life to whom he will. For the father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the son that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. May God bless the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy and divine word. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for the uh, privilege that we have to gather around your word that we might hear your voice. And so, Lord, I ask, Lord, that as I minister the faithful word of God, that you would just impart to me revelation, insight. Uh, Father God, that I will speak, Father, uh, inspired of the Holy Spirit, that, Father God, that you would touch the hearts of the hearers so that what they hear, Lord, that they would apply and make application unto life. Father, we need you right now. Will you please help us? Help us, Lord, to understand who you are. Help us, Lord, to live in light of the revelation that we receive in who you are. Never let us take it for granted, Lord. Guard us from complacency. Guard us, Father God, from the mundane and the routine. Guard us, Father God, from approaching the word in the way that is cavalier. Help us always approach it in faith and with an expectation that you're going to speak, Father God, in a very fresh way and in a very life-changing way, bringing forth fruit unto your kingdom. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence as we continue this morning. Last week we had began a series entitled The Controversial Christ. There are some who listen to the title of that series, and you may be thinking, why do you entitle this series The Controversial Christ? And uh, it may puzzle you a bit, but those of us who have a regular routine of reading the Word of God, and you have been skilled with the Word of God, one of the things that you will discover in studying the Gospels was that Jesus was very 
controversial. Jesus was not controversial for controversy's sake, as we said last week. But in this series, we are examining the statements that he made, those statements that he made that caused people to say, what's wrong with him? Why did he say that? Because as we understand these statements and we understand some of the things that Jesus talked about, that could be very difficult. As last week, we gave the example where Jesus talked about drinking his blood and eating his flesh. And we discussed that last week and how many of them walked away because they did not understand it. They were looking at it uh, through uh, uh, the eyes of humanity and not looking at it through spiritual lenses. And so Jesus made a lot of controversial statements, particularly in the area of himself and who he is and where he came from. He made statements to the degree that people wanted to kill him. They went after him because Jesus said some things that downright that you were not supposed to say or that we would call along the lines blasphemy. He made blasphemy, blasphemous statements. And we're going to be talking this morning about the controversy concerning who is the Christ. When you think about Jesus Christ, I wonder, are you very comfortable explaining who he is? I wonder that if somebody came and asked you and they said to you, who is this Christ? Why should I believe in him? Why is it that you invest so much time and energy into this Christ? Who is he? Would you be able to answer in the affirmative and explain in such a way that it would convince the hearers that what you're saying is not only that you know what you're talking about, but it is true? So we're going to look at some of the statements that Jesus made this morning, understanding that embedded within the controversial statements that Jesus made is the vehicle to freedom and eternal life. So this morning, I'm going to do some expositional teaching. And what that means is basically you're preaching through the text. I want to try to put us there. I want, as we're going through this, I want you to kind of think of yourself. This is your assignment to help me preach this morning. I want you to kind of think of yourself as being there with Jesus while he's making these statements. I want you for a moment, I want you to get a bit of amnesia, okay? I want you to kind of imagine that this is the very first time that you're hearing what we are about to say. Can y'all handle that for me? Amen. And so turn with me to Mark chapter number eight, and we'll start there. Mark chapter 8, we're going to look at a few passages this morning, so we always encourage you to continue to bring your Bible and read along, amen? Mark chapter number 8, verses 27 down through verse 30. Now Jesus and his disciples went out to the towns of Caesarea Philippi, and on the road... He asked his disciples. Now, I want you to put yourself there. Jesus is with his disciples. How many know that Jesus never asked questions just to ask questions? How many know God never does anything just to be doing stuff? 
Everything that God does is purposeful. That's why I love him so much. How many of you know that your life is not just on automatic pilot? That there's a purpose to your life. That's where we get that from because whenever God is in control, he's taking you someplace. Even amid the clouds and the terrain that you have to experience in your life, God is taking you someplace. So how many know that Jesus now, he's about to take the disciples someplace. He's asking them a question. Everybody say set up. Now watch this. He says to them, and, and, and verse number 27, Now Jesus' disciple went out to the towns of Caesarea Philippi, and on the road he asked them, saying, uh, he, asked, he asked his disciples, saying to them, Who do men say that I am? Now, let's think there for a moment. How many know that Jesus, as it relates to his mission, he really don't care what people think about him? Is that fair enough? In other words, what you think about Jesus is not going to determine how he does what God has called him to do. He is committed to doing what God wants him to do no matter what. Can we say amen to that? So we understand. So Jesus is asking them a question. He said, well, who do men say that I am? You know, Jesus don't really care about who the men say that they are. But Jesus, I believe, was asking them for another reason. He wanted to know what they were thinking. Let's, let's keep reading. Who do men say that I am? So they answered, John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. And others, one of the prophets. And he said to them, Jesus, but watch this, who do you say that I am? Now I want you, I want you to follow me here. So Jesus is asking them, who do men say that I am? And then he's leading them to where he wants to go. He's saying, now, I understand what everybody else is saying because I believe that Jesus knew that perhaps some of his disciples were kind of believing some of that, what people were saying about Jesus. And so Jesus made it a more poignant question. He says, now, I understand that, but I got a, a question I want to ask you. Who do you say that I am? Because what you believe about Jesus has eternal consequences. Amen? What you believe about Jesus and what you understand about Jesus is extremely important. That you would be amazed how many believers are not really sure about who Jesus is. When we hear, for an example, when we hear people that will try to demote the deity of Christ, we talk about deity, and it'll make sense to you here in a second. I want you to stay with me. We talk about the deity of Christ. The fact that he's God-man, there are some even in Christian circles, people get a little bit confused about that because we can't grapple it all. Our job as Christians is to take the Bible, read it, digest it, and believe it. How many know that God is an awesome God who can do amazing things? If anybody that can create stuff and do stuff that is unimaginable and unthinkable, how many know it's God Almighty? So Jesus is saying to them, who do you say that I am? Don't tell me about what everybody else thinks. I want you to articulate to me, who do you say that I am? And, 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 they began, and, and, and I can imagine that there was silence for a moment. That some of them sit there and said, mm, not really sure. But then the one guy who we like to kind of pick on sometimes in Christian circles, I think unfairly, they pick on Peter. Peter said, you are the Christ. See, the Christ means the anointed one. He is the anointed one. He is the Messiah. In Jewish minds, 
They always have waited, and many of them are today, are still waiting for the Messiah, the ruler. To them, the Messiah would come, kind of like the video the Sister Diva showed this morning. They, 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 in, in their mind, they believed that this Messiah would come and that he would destroy all of their enemies, including the Roman authority, that he would destroy them and usher in God's everlasting kingdom forever. But the way in which the Messiah was to come was not the way in their minds that Jesus came. Because the way Jesus came was it, he was totally outside the box. How many know that God always does it outside of the box? When you think you got God figured out, let me tell you something, he will throw one on you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Every time, you, every time you thought you had God figured out, something happened. It's just like, what? Where does that come from? Because that's the way God keeps us on guard. And it's a, it's a little slight reminder that he is in control. Amen? And so, and so I, want, I want you to, I want you to, I want you to kind, of, kind of see this. I want you to kind of see this picture uh, with me as we talk about this, as we talk about the fact that Jesus is wanting to know, he's wanting to draw out of them the, the, this, 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 the understanding that you have about him. Because if you don't understand who he is, then you can't effectively share the gospel with anybody. You see, if they didn't get this part right, they couldn't do what they did. Because what you believe about Jesus will determine how you respond to him. Let me, put it, let me put it to you another way you can understand it. If you believe that Jesus is just a great teacher, that's the way you, teach, you, you treat him. If you believe that Jesus was just another man who walked on the planet who just had great ideas, you know there's a lot of people that believe that. Or they believe that Jesus was a, a really neat guy who did some incredible things. He did miracles, but he's really no different than Brother Jacobs. He's really no different than Brother Sean. He, he, he's just another man who just came and did great things. I mean, if, if you approach him that way, that's the way you, you, you'll treat him. You won't treat him with the, with the same kind of respect as who he really is, and that is deity. Now, when you think about him as being God, how I many know that changes the whole story? He's not a man. He's not just a great prophet. He's not just a great teacher. But when, you, when he says that I'm God, how I many know that changes the game? Because now if you're God, then that means that I'm accountable to you. That means that I just can't look at you and say you're just another man like me. Oh, no, how many know Jesus was much more than another man? Amen. He is the king of glory. He is coming back. He is God in flesh. And we'll, we'll talk about that here in a moment. Because you must understand that the thing that separates your God from everything else, the thing that separates Jesus is the fact that he and his father are one. That's why there's a push if you will, to degrade the nature of Christ and to try to make him something other than a man who had an opinion. I mean, no, when he's God, he is the opinion. He canceled out every other opinion because he's God. If he's creator, he's God. Now the change of the game, my thinking about Christ has to be completely and totally different, which is, by the way, why they killed him. They killed him because they knew what Jesus was saying, and they were having none of it. Look at John chapter 1, the Gospel of John chapter 1. Stay with me this morning, John chapter 1. Now, I want you to kind of understand something here. 
as we read this, because I believe that sometimes one of the tendencies that we have sometimes is that we, we read the Bible, we read it, and then we, we, we just sometimes, not, on, not intentionally, but we miss things because we, we do it. It's routine. And every now and then it's just kind of good to get out of the routine, just kind of mix it up every now and then. Amen? So I want you to think with me for a moment. So here's the Apostle John. Uh, John was, I would call, a very a sensitive person, obviously. Uh, he was very relational. He had a very, very close relationship with Jesus. He was the one that sat at Jesus' breast on his chest, and he cried with him. He prayed with him. He, was, uh, he just felt a lot of love, and he was very fond of he, he loved Jesus. And so, as we said in previous uh, weeks, when you study the uh, epistles of John, you would discover that John just keep on talking about the love of God because that's where, that's his, that's where he is. That's the way he thinks. That's where he goes. So understand the Gospel of John was written after John has spent all this time with Jesus. We say about at least three years he has spent with Jesus, seeing his miracles, gaining his revelation, understanding who he was. So he spent all that time. So now it's John's turn, turn to write what he witnessed and what he saw. And so what would you guess the first thing that John says as he is beginning to write about Jesus. The very first thing at the top, let's look at what John says. And this will give you some context. John says now in verse, you're in John chapter 1, verse 1. He says, now in the beginning was the Word. All right? And the Word was with God. Watch this. And the Word was God. All right? He's talking here about Jesus prophetically. Now watch. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. Without, and without him, nothing was made that was made. Look at verse number 14 of that same chapter. And the word, this is Jesus, the word became flesh. <laughs> I'll stand with this. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, one and the same. In verse 14, and the Word, God, became flesh. Not just another man, he was a man, but, but you understand he's much more than that. The Word of God became flesh. And dwelt among us. Could you imagine God coming down? in flesh to tabernacle with man. Oh, this is amazing. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld. John said, we beheld. I'm not telling you what I heard, brother. Let me tell you something. We beheld his glory. I saw him. I spent time with him. In fact, John, when he concludes his writings, he said, there were many, many more things I would like to share with you concerning what he did, but there ain't enough room to tell you all the stuff. The miracles that we read about, Jesus did so much more. That's not even written right here. And so John now, I want you to understand something because, because this is critically important to who we are as a people and as a church and how people respond to Jesus. John wanted the church, he wanted you and me as we read this, right at the very beginning, the first thing he says he wants you to get is Jesus is God. He spent all this time with Jesus. He saw all the stuff. He saw all the miracles. And the very first thing he says, 
Jesus is God. And so here's, here's what he's doing. The backdrop of everything else that's going to be written that John is going to write concerning the Christ, guess what? It's tied to the reality of him being the God-man. He wants you to understand it that way. Because if you don't understand that, some of the things that Jesus said and that we wrote and we're going to read here in a second, you're going to be like, what is that all about? But if you understand that he is God-man, if you understand that, then it makes sense to you why they tried to kill him and why they hated him so much. You remember I said a moment ago that this is important because if, if, if you don't understand who he is, then you won't respond to him that way. And this is what's happening today in our world. Am I right about it? People are picking and choosing what God, what, what person they want to follow, how, how they want to view God or how they want to view Jesus. Ain't but one way to view Jesus. Ain't but one way to view him. And we're going to talk more about that here in the morning. So everybody kind of understand that. So Jesus wanted to know what we thought. So in Mark chapter 8, he wanted to know what, what do men say that I am? And then he, he challenged the disciples, who do you say I am? And then we went to John. John kind of sets the tempo to let everybody know the very, from the very top that Jesus is God. Jesus is God. So everything we read subsequent to that, it is based on that fact and that reality. Now let's look at our foundational text, John chapter 5. I told you we were going to do some teaching this morning. Y'all excited about this? I hope y'all excited about this. We're teaching you something. I like to teach. I'm sorry. I like to teach. Okay. He says, now watch this. He says, I love this verse. He says, in John chapter number 5, verses 16 to 23, for this reason the Jews persecuted Jesus. <laughs> what reason? Well, in order to know what they were talking about, you got to go back to why they persecuted him. Well, there was a man, we, get, we have to paraphrase, who had been sick or paraplegic or whatever for some 38 years, couldn't walk. And Jesus sees him in that condition, and Jesus go and heal him. All right? Well, nothing wrong with Jesus healing him, but there was one slight little problem, at least in their minds, is that Jesus healed him on the Sabbath. And their strict interpretation, and wrong, may I add, of the, the, the writings or the law, they took it out of context to mean that if anybody was sick, needed help, needed mercy, you don't help them. You, when they say don't do work, they were like, you don't do nothing. So if I happen to be walking down the road and I see Brother Jacobs in a hole, I ain't going to try. I'm not going to look. Brother Jacob got to stay there till after the Sabbath. That's how stupid they were thinking. Jesus, I mean, Jesus, really? I mean, you healed this guy? Why are you doing it today? Why are you doing it on the Sabbath day? And the Bible says that they wanted to kill him. Kill him for what? Because he broke the Sabbath. And Jesus did not break the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man, not the other way around. Understand something. So the Sabbath goes all the way back, for those who don't know. The Sabbath was really when God created the earth six days. Y'all remember that? The heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, the Bible says he rested. How many know God didn't rest? He didn't rest because he was tired. He rested because he chose to. You don't get tired. God rested. And that was a day by which the Sabbath was a day that men are supposed to rest and reflect on the goodness of God and to enjoy. 
what God has given us. That's what, that's what the Sabbath was about. It wasn't about me not having mercy, showing compassion to somebody who needed it. If you need compassion, you need mercy. God, let me know, God is a merciful God. How many know Jesus went around doing good, healing people with all kinds of sickness and disease? How many know that, that God don't think that way? And so these men should have been rejoicing. They should have been excited and excited that this person who was bound for 38 years, they got loosed. Instead, they said, we're going to kill you. That's what they're upset about. Now watch. But it gets worse. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus. And they sought to kill him because he'd done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, <laughs> my father has been working until now, and I have been working. Now, let me give you my best rendering of what the interpretation of that meant. The Sabbath was interrupted. Why was the Sabbath interrupted? interrupted? The Sabbath was interrupted because what God had made perfect, how I many know man screwed it up? <laughs> Sin came into the world, and it destroyed everything, messed up everything. And so from that time, from the time that men screwed up after God had rested, from all the way back to that time in the Garden of Eden, how I many know God has been working overtime to bring us back? So I want you to look at it within the context of that. Says Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. Now, I want you to know, he's building, he's taking it. He, he's, how many know Jesus has a way of just, just pushing and pushing because the truth is going to come out, and boy, watch, they're going to get upset. Now, look at verse 18. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him. Wait a minute. Why, why, why? what did I do this time? Why, what, why do you want to kill me now? Because he not only broke the Sabbath, which, by the way, he did not break. Is there a bad interpretation? But also said that God was his what? Father, making himself what? Equal with God. Oh, no. Now, you may say, Pastor, that don't make sense to me. Pastor, um, all, all, the, all Jesus said was that God was my father. I mean, God is my father. What I can tell you is, the best way I can explain it to you is that we weren't there. However they said it, whatever they said, however Jesus said it, whatever he did, whatever mannerism, whatever he communicated, and we'll see as we read forward, Jesus was making it clear that he was on the same playing field as God. And he echoes the fact. And then, with, with, and let's take it a step further, because Jesus Never stopped him. I mean, Jesus could have said, hey, God, I, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I, I didn't mean that. I mean, I'm not, like, I'm not like God. I'm not equal to God. No, I, what, what I meant is that, that I'm working and my father's giving me grace to work and do stuff. That, that's what I meant. Jesus leaves it there. He leaves it there. And then he goes a step further. So they get upset because they want to kill him, which is worse. Now we've gone from bad to worse, Jesus. But then Jesus answered and said to them in verse 19, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself, but what he sees a father do for whatever he does, the Son does in like manner. Now, you see where this is building up to, right? Jesus said, now listen, he's saying, whatever God does, I do exactly the same thing. See, us who 
walk with God and know God, usually we say God give us the grace and God give us the power to do certain things. And, 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 and we say that, but we would never ever say that we get to do it whenever we want to, however we want to, just like God get to do it. You know, nobody would ever say that, right? Now watch this. Who, who have any sense? I mean, yeah. Then Jesus answered and said to them, most sure I say to you, the son of man can do nothing of himself. But whatever he sees a father do, for whatever he does, the son does in like manner, just like him. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Now watch this. Jesus goes a step further. For as the father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the son gives life to whom he wills. <laughs> Do you hear that? He, just, he said, now, just like the father raised him up from the dead, I do the same thing. But how many know he don't stop there even? <laughs> For the sons, he's, look at verse 22. For the father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the son. That sounds familiar? That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall what? Confess. See? Every knee won't bow. So, so the father now has committed all judgment to Jesus. No man has ever been delegated to like that. So Jesus is going to be the one who's going to judge the entire earth. And all the peoples of the earth going to have to deal with Jesus. See, that's why they don't like that name. You know how they don't like that name? You say God, people don't have a problem with God, say Jesus. Boy, they get upset. But here's the reality of it. Every one of them got to bow down. Whether you like him or whether you don't. And so when they talk about Jesus, that's why I get mad. Don't let nobody talk, use Jesus' name in vain. Amen? Respect that name because you're going to have to bow down to it. You're accountable to it. But watch, Jesus goes a step further. Look at verse 23. He said, now that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Now, if I came in here today, bear with me. This is the best I got. I'm, I'm, I'm finite, okay? This is the best I can do. But if I came in here today and I worship God, there's one thing. But if I say to you, y'all need to honor me and worship, uh, worship me just like you worship and honor God the Father. You ought to be hitting that door real quick. You'd be calling somebody like pastor and lost it. He's saying that we ought to honor him just like we honor God the Father. How many know that if you heard something like that, you, you, you would say pastor crazy. Say pastor crazy. Because nobody gets that kind of honor. But Jesus said this. Jesus said, just like you honor God the Father, you give me the same honor. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word what? Was God. You give me the exact same honor. So here's what Jesus was saying. If you don't honor me, you ain't honoring God. If you don't come through me, you're not going to get to God. It's all about me. Look at verse number 19. I love this verse. Verse 39 in that same chapter. He says, you search the scriptures. <laughs> For in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of who? Me. <laughs> if you're sitting there reading the Bible, you're searching the scriptures. Well, what you don't understand is that the whole book, lo, I come in the volume of the book. The whole book is about me. All of it. So when we talk about Hosanna 
and Jesus be lifted up, now you understand that has meaning, don't it? It has meaning now. Boy, I get it. Hosanna, Jesus. Oh, yeah, I get it now. And that is why people have problems with Jesus. Because they don't want to receive. Because the Bible says men love darkness rather than light. And they don't want to receive the truth. But the fact of the matter is, Jesus said, you worship me just like you worship the Father because I am God. And let me, let me go further. They understood this. They weren't confused on the fact. Let's keep on. Let's look at another verse to show this. Uh, look at um, John chapter number 10. Oh, no, no. Don't go there. Go to John chapter 8. This is a real good one. This is a real good one. Amen. Y'all enjoying this? Okay. I wasn't really sure. Quiet. <laughs> John 8, verse 48. Now watch this. Then the Jews answered him and said to him, watch this. The Jews answered, again, put yourself there. Do you not say that you, rightly, that you are a Samaritan and you have a demon? Boy, I mean, that's, they really sticking it in deep. They basically saying, Jesus, do we not say that you are nut? That's what they're saying. You're crazy. You got a demon. You ain't come from God saying the crazy stuff you're talking about. What's wrong with you, Jesus? Jesus answered and said, I do not have a demon, duh, but I honor my father, and you dishonor me. He said, I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Now, Jesus, get ready to step deep into it. Now, watch. Keep reading. Then the Jews said to him, Oh, 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 wait a minute. Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead. And the prophets, and you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Oh, we got you now, Jesus. You are crazy. We're going to report you. We're going to let the high priest know that we need to get rid of you. Jesus says, look at verse 53. Are you greater than our father Abraham who is dead? <laughs> and the prophets are dead. Who do you make yourself out to be? In other words, now Jesus is saying some stuff. He really got him off, off kill. Now, how many know he's controversial at this point? Now you understand why we call this series a controversial Christ. Because he's stirring up a lot of controversy. Who do you make yourself out to be? What, what do you mean that, 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 that you act like you're older than Abraham? You're talking about you. What, what are you talking about? Who are you? It's what they're trying to figure out. And Jesus answered, watch this. If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father who honors me and whom you say that he is your God. You have not known him, but I know him. And if I say Watch this. And if I say I do not know him, I should be a liar like you. I would say they about, I mean, they, they, they're doing some serious discussion here. As I like to say in my house, me and my wife, we, have, we don't argue, we have spirited discussions. <laughs> this is a spirited discussion right now. But I do not know him, but he says, but I do know him, and I keep his word. Now watch this. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. <laughs> and he saw it and he was glad. 
And the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old and have seen, and you have seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. <laughs> Boy, you know what they did then? They took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself because it was not his time to die. See, nobody can do, see, when it's not your time, you don't have to worry about people. Because God is in control of your time. God says when the clock stops ticking. Nobody else does. God is in control. Jesus hit himself, went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so he passed by. Now, I don't know how he did that. He might have disappeared. I don't know. God just hit him. I don't know, but, but he walked away. Now, you got to understand, when you study that term, I am, in the Greek, it means always have been. He did not say that before Abraham was, I was. Because to say before Abraham was, I was, was to say simply that Abraham just kind of, uh, that he was just before Abraham. He was created before Abraham. He didn't say that. He said before Abraham was, I am. That means that he was never created. He has always been here. And boy, do you not know that that is stone-cold blasphemy. Now you see why he got everybody so upset. One more verse I want to look at. Look at, look at uh, John chapter 10. And we know, we know we were talking about the gospel of John and how everything John said and did up to this point was based on the simple fact that he's God. That's why John explains it more than any other of the Gospels in a very, very poignant way. Look at uh, John chapter 10, verse 22 through 33. Are y'all learning anything this morning? Okay. Watch this, he says. Now, it was the feast of the dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. <laughs> and Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, how long do you keep us in doubt? If you are, if you are the Christ, tell us. Because Jesus didn't walk around just saying, I'm the Christ, I'm the Christ. Now, he did speak privately to his disciples. But, but he didn't want to make it a big issue because Jesus still had work to do. See, he, see, the people were trying to take him by force, and they were trying to force the issue. Jesus understood his mission, so he wasn't going to be, uh, uh, be pushed by anybody. He said, the Jews surrounded him and said to him, how long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, then tell us. Verse 25, Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Now, now, here's what Jesus was saying essentially there. Even if for some reason you say you don't really believe my words, one of the reasons why Jesus did so many miracles was that God was validating him. All right? God, was, God did stuff through Jesus that was not done ever. I mean, Jesus walking on the water. Jesus telling the, the oceans in the sea, peace, be still. Jesus raising a man from the dead, which we'll talk about next week, that had been dead for four days. Jesus raising up himself. Amen. No man, no man, no man, no man takes my life. I lay it down. Uh, how do you know? That's God. No man, no man can take my life. I'm in control. I lay my own life down. 
See, I'll jump in next week's message, so I got to stay here. So verse 25, so Jesus answered, I told you, you don't believe the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. If you don't believe anything else, look at the works that I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. See the stuff that I'm doing. They should tell you, if you open your eyes, who I am. But he said, here's the problem with you. And here's the problem with many people today who won't receive him. But you do not believe. Because you are not of my sheep. You don't know me. You don't believe. You won't receive me. You're not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice. See, the people that come to Christ, they know Christ, they get saved. He says, my sheep, they hear me. I know them and they follow me. But look what he says in verse 28, which is another claim to deity. And it's very subtle because you can miss it. He says, and I give them eternal life. How many of you can give anybody eternal life? Jesus said, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Aren't you glad that nobody can take you away from your Jesus? Aren't you glad that you are secure in him? He said, you're mine, and nobody can take you out of my hand. Nobody, nobody, nobody. You are going to be with me forever because you're mine. I had eyes on you before the foundations of the earth. My father who has given them to me, in verse 29, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. But, uh uh-oh, here's the problem. Watch it again. I and my father are one. Now, what happens now? Then the Jews. (laughs) Here they go again. They love them stones, don't they? <laughs> you know what? I mean, they were up there. They, were, they always were ready to pick up some stones. It's like, man, every time they went anywhere, talked to anybody, it was always a stone nearby. Because <laughs> they were ready. Every, every time, man, they were ready to pick up the stone. They put the stone down. I want to talk to you for a minute. I just want to have a conversation. Put the stone down. You always try to hit me. <laughs> Jesus answered them. Watch this. Jesus, verse 32, answered them, for many good works I have shown you from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? I've only been doing good. I mean, I feed 5,000 people. I heal people that have long-term terminal diseases. I have compassion on people that needs compassion. Ever since I came, I've been a blessing. But which one of these works? What, which one of these? Why do you want to kill me? What have I done wrong? I haven't heard. What, 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 why are you? What, what's wrong? I mean, what's wrong with what I did? Here's what they say. Look what they say. The Jews answered him and said, for good works, we do not stone you. I'm paraphrasing. It's the God thing you keep talking about. It's that God. I don't got no problem with the works. You see, it's that God thing. You just won't let that go. You're blaspheming. And because you, being a man, make yourself God. And not one time did Jesus try to defend it, try to change it. He let it be. We don't have a problem with you doing that stuff. We have a problem because you keep claiming you're God and you got to stop doing that. 
Well, the problem is, Jesus said, if I stop doing that, then I'll be a light just like you are. Because the fact of the matter is, this controversy is really is, is a demonstration of your lack of knowledge of who I am and your unwillingness to receive me. Amen. That's the problem. So if you want eternal life, you've got to embrace the fact that I'm God in flesh. You need to deal with that. In closing, last verse. Mark 14. Mark chapter 14. Verse 60 to 62. Verses 60 to 62. Mark 14, verse 60 through 62. We're going to close with this. And the high priest stood up in the midst. This is when they arrested Jesus and brought him before the high priest. <laughs> and asked Jesus, saying, do you answer nothing? They were asking him. He basically just kind of questioned him, and people were lying on him. And Jesus didn't say anything. He just stood there quietly. He said, what is, what is, it, what is it these men testify against you? But he kept silent and answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him, saying to him, Are you the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed? Jesus said, Watch this. I am. And you will see the Son of Man. That, term, that phrase, Son of Man, was used some 80 sometimes in the New Testament. And those almost always is a reference to deity, to Jesus, to his power, to who he is. And you would see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power, coming with the clouds of heaven. Daniel 7, verses 13 through 14. Don't turn there because I told you that was the last verse. I'm just reading this. Daniel 7, 13 through 14. You can just write it down. Daniel saw this. He said, I was watching in the night visions. And behold, one like the Son of Man, <laughs> coming with the clouds of heaven. And he came to the ancient of days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him, Jesus, was given dominion and glory and a kingdom. Now, you need to see yourself here. That all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. See, that was your, you should say amen right there. Because this, this, is your, this is your eternal family. This is you. Which shall not pass away. Heaven and earth to pass away, but this won't. And his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. In other words, what Jesus was saying to the high priest, he was saying to him that you will see me openly manifested as God. The Bible says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Thomas, just to name a few, Thomas said, Lord, show us the Father. He said, Thomas, I've been with you for a long time. Have you not known that you see the Father, you see me, you've seen the Father, you've seen it all. What more do you want? I am it. How many of you love Jesus? Come on, clap your hands if you love them.
How many know that he is exalted? He is exalted. Stand to your feet, if you will. And I'm going to try to sing this song. I didn't, the Lord just put it, but I think at this time we just want to worship just a little bit. And I'm going to do it a cappella, so don't worry about the music. I see my daughter over there sitting like, what, they didn't tell me. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but I want you to join with me and sing into the Lord. Just lift your hands. I exalt thee. Join with me. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. Oh Lord. Now you know the word. Let's sing it. We exalt thee. Think about it. We exalt thee. See him high and lifted up. We exalt thee. Oh Lord Jesus, as our hands are raised, we know now like we've never known before that you come in the volume of the book and you are the image of the invisible God. You are the full representation of God in bodily form. Oh, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Yes. Not a shame, but with boldness, Jesus, we worship you. Because we understand that you're Lord of all, that you're king, you're the king of glory. Who is this king? Who is the king of glory? His name is Jesus, the Lord, strong and mighty. Mighty in battle you are, oh God. And we worship you. We lift our hands in adoration. God, thanks for revealing this truth to us, and may we be vigilant in revealing this truth to everyone else. Yes. If you listen this morning, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. He said he's coming back. If you don't know him this morning, will you please give your life to him, please? Don't leave this room without giving him your life. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, after death comes judgment. Jesus is coming, he's gonna come back, he's gonna usher in the everlasting kingdom. I want everybody in here to be a part of it. I want you to, I wanna see you on the other side. I really wanna see you on the other side. Nobody in this room should die, or have to die and go to spend eternity in hell. Not one, Jesus. The reason why this earth is still in existence today as we know it, is because God is not willing that any perish, but everybody come to the knowledge of the truth. God sent you his son, a precious gift. He said, if you believe in him, if you receive him, if you receive him, you will be with him forever in his kingdom. You will never die. When you die in this world, all you're doing is passing from life to life. 
But if you don't know him and you are to die today, you haven't seen death yet. It's worse on the other side. Hell, there is no turning back. That's why it's urgent. If you don't know him this morning, and you say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus today. I want to stop playing games. I, I got it now. I know that Jesus is my ticket. He is my salvation. He is my hope of getting out of this sin-sick world. He is the only reason that I can make it out of here. If that's you, you've come to that revelation. I want you to raise your hands. Or raise your hand and just, say, and just wave and say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus today. Is there one? The church doors are open. Is there one? Is there one? No matter who you are, we never like to close the service without giving you an opportunity to receive amazing grace, freely offered and given to you. Is there one? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we love you as a church, as a people. We know that there is an all-out assault, Lord, on your character, on who you are. But here is where we are, God. We are not drawing back. Give us courage, Lord, to stand when it's hard. We know the church will endure persecution. Jesus was persecuted because he spoke truth. We will be persecuted because we tell people that Jesus was much, much more than just a man. He was God in flesh. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word became flesh. And He lives now forever, waiting to receive His church. Jesus, will you bless your people, Lord, with comfort. And may our love for you get deeper and more richer because of the knowledge of the Son of God and the fullness of who He is. May we be forever transformed into your likeness that you might receive the glory. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Brother Steve, come on and lead us out in prayer. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Come on, church. Praise you. Come on, church. Give God some praise for the message that he gave us today, Father. Come on, church, please stretch both your hands towards heaven. Now to him who is able to keep us from falling. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word today, your message today, Lord. Thank you for giving us more understanding with your deity, Lord, so that we can go out and proclaim your good news to all people, to all men. Father God, thank you, Lord Jesus. And Father, we ask you to please bless and keep each and every one of us throughout this week, all the way until we return next week, right back here into your house of prayer. Jesus' name we pray, whom we love. Amen. I just want to make one announcement for our members, those who are who are members of the church. We ask you to meet back here in the sanctuary in about 15 minutes, and we're going to have about a 15-20 minute meeting. Uh, and I want to try to get you out of here as soon as possible. So meet back here in 15 minutes, and uh, we have some important business that we want to share with you. Amen. Thank you. Oh.